Hello and welcome to the Horrible Things Podcast. This is a true crime and disaster podcast where we talk about all things horrible. I am your host, Emma Sexton, and today I am joined by the lovely... Harley. Hi, Harley. How you doing? I'm doing lovely. Poor thing. He just came into my house and we were supposed to eat lunch before this and I was like, you know, what if we just did the podcast first? She's starving me. (laughs) If I was a minor, this would be child labor. But you know what? You're not a minor, first of all. And second of all, this is fun, so it doesn't count. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so today we are covering a very extensive case. So I think I'm just going to ask Harley one little question and then we are going to get right into it because you've only been on the pod twice, twice, I think twice. So also, sorry, guys, if you can hear my extremely loud laptop in the background, if anyone knows why the MacBook will just randomly start making the loudest fan fan noise I've ever heard in my life, please hit me up. It's because it's overheating. But why? I don't even have half the storage filled. It's ridiculous. It's because it's Mac. Okay, PC person. How dare you insult Mac that way? I just did. I'm very offended. Good. But anyway, um, today we're covering a very extensive case, like I just said. But I just want to ask you, Harley, uh, have what's your you've been on the podcast for, so I've asked you what your experience is with true crime, but have you been paying attention to true crime at all recently or like heard anything about it or kind of like what have you been keeping up with since you were on the podcast? You're saying like in the news? I guess like in or the just news. In general. In general. Both. Not not really a whole lot other than a couple episodes of your podcast. Okay. But we're also going to mention um something that's insane to me. Um yesterday Kobe Bryant mm. died. Which is insane. I heard. I just like, I don't know. It's so weird because he he was so young. Like, I remember my dad used to sit on the couch and watch Lakers games when he would play. And he would just sit and scream at the TV. And I heard about Kobe Bryant so much when I was a kid. Kobe. Yeah, exactly. Everyone says that still. And it's like so crazy. And I saw these pictures of like in front of Staples Center, a bunch of people like wore their their Lakers gear and like there was a uh, flower arrangement done for Kobe and people were kind of gathering and paying tribute to him yesterday in LA. Did they did they find out everyone who did die in the crash? Yeah. So um it was Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gigi Bryant, mm-hmm. um, and then John Kerry and Alyssa Altabelli, which is interesting because okay, so where Harley and I live, there's basically like two different community colleges that people will go to. There's Golden West and there's OCC. And turns out that uh, John Altabelli, who also died in the plane crash, he was the baseball coach at OCC, like wow. the head baseball coach, which is crazy because I know at least 10 people that go there, like yeah. easily 10 people that go there. So it's weird. Like, actually, so... None, well, of, none everyone, of those are on baseball, though. What? None of those you know are on baseball. No, no. But probably didn't know. Everyone who passed away actually lived in Orange County. Yeah, Kobe Bryant lives in the area too. He huh? lives in Newport. Yeah, Newport. Yeah. So um, his daughters went to Newport Harbor, I believe. Really? Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, I, didn't I played. Know that. I played them in sports actually. Yeah, oh, yeah. Not, he went to private school too. Not his daughters, but yeah, kind of. Um, And then there was also Sarah and Peyton Chester and Christina Mauser. Wow. All passed away, plus the pilot. So of the Bryants, it's just... Gigi and Kobe. Gigi and Kobe. But yeah, it's totally like... It's insane. I guess because we live in Orange County, too, there's just so many, like, connections all over the place. It's the best county in California, (laughs) if you ask me. Debatable. Not debatable. I don't know. Have you ever been to Ventura County? Yes. I think it's the only pretty. thing good there is Six Flags. Oh hi. No. Oh shush. No hi. <laughs> okay, but yeah, I did. I just wanted to mention the Kobe Bryant plane crash because it's just like it kind of has to do with true crime a little bit in the sense that it was like they're not exactly sure what's happening. There's in investigation going on. It's true, but it's not exactly a crime. It seems they, to have just been. They don't an think accident. it was a crime, right? No, they don't think so. They That'd just think crazy. it was a terrible accident, but. 
Uh, it's tragic. Ugh. So sad. It's a man-made disaster, so technically it falls under what the podcast talks about. So who's the man that made it? Um, I guess the person that messed up with the plane, whether that be the pilot or helicopter. the people who made it, the helicopter. Fact check. <laughs> How dare you? But yeah, that's just really ugh, so sad. But anyway, let's talk about some sadder things. Yeah, even more depressing. Even more depressing. Um, today we're actually going to be covering the Santa Rosa hitchhiker murders, and I'm excited to talk about this because this is like a case I've known about for a really long time, and in school I'm actually doing a project on it right now. Um, it's actually, so for my true crime in the media class, we're supposed to like pick a case and then write two pages about why this would be a good thing to make a TV special on. What? That's just doesn't sound fun but continue what writing two pages yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's like two pages double spaced it's not bad still but anyway actually fun fact i'm doing a presentation in that class like tomorrow about podcasts <laughs> so that should be interesting but um i have this project that's about the santa rosa hitchhiker murders which was what i picked Kids in my class are doing, like, some kids are doing H.H. Holmes. Some kids are doing, um, oh, there's one kid that's doing this case I never heard about, about, like, a pipe bomb in Santa Ana, California. You mean Harry Potter? So, I decided, okay, I'll just do this case for my project. And then the more and more that I started looking into this case, the more and more interesting it got. And, like, I kind of fell down the wormhole in this case. And there's so many great resources about it online. Like, there's a... Um, since it is still a cold case, there's lots of people that are still looking into what actually happened. And there's actually this one website called Santa Rosa, Santa Rosa mm-hmm. And in this website, they've, someone's compiled all the articles that came out about these murders when they first happened into like this one database as along with other like documents and stuff that are used for confirming suspects and things like that. It's really like super interesting and great resource i if you enjoy learning about this i highly recommend you check that site out because it's just awesome but what do you say we get into it i say you say what i say let's get into it all righty then so the Santa Rosa Hitchhiker Murders, which, like I already said, is a cold case, took place in Sonoma County between 1972 and 1973. Sonoma. It's one one negative point for you guys, not being Orange County. For Ventura County? No, for Sonoma. Oh, what am I saying? Oh I just gosh. said it was in Sonoma County. I guess <sighs> every single city that's kind of like Northern California, I just automatically put it's all it all the in. same county. Yeah, it's all the same county. But um, these cases took place in Sonoma County. And at this time, 1972 to 1973, there was a lot of murderous stuff going on in California and just in the Pacific Northwest also. But this was a time when you had the Hillside Stranglers who were starting to become active. You have Ted Bundy just starting to become active. You have the Zodiac Killer active in San Francisco, which is very close to Santa Rosa. And in general, like serial killers were strangely all happening right now. Even um, in Los Angeles, Charles Manson, that was around the same time period as when his murders happened. It was a popular time for being <clears throat> murderous jerks. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. It was. It's like a weird... Trendy, weird trend. It's like a weird uprise of all these serial killers that uprise. came out of California and the Pacific Northwest. Um, so in Sonoma County, between 1972 and 1973, they found seven victims who were all found dead off the side of the road or in creek embankments in Santa Rosa, California. So the first attack occurred February 4th, 1972. Uh, Yvonne Weber and Maureen Sterling were hitchhiking northwest of Santa Rosa after visiting, like, the Redwood Ice Empire, which was, like, this skating rink. Um, They knew each other because they both went to Herbert Slater Middle School, and they were both only 12 years old at the time. The investigator actually didn't... Their bodies weren't actually found until December 28th of the next year, 
But both of these girls were found off the side of the road without their clothes. And at the time, investigators believed that the killer had kept their clothes as trophies. But again, is that still thought or? Yeah. And not much of this, this particular, even though this was the first murder that's documented in this series of seven, they also don't know that much about it because since they found the body so much later and it was like six months. Evidence. It was pretty much just skeletal skeletal remains at the time. And these girls were just considered missing for a really long time. So, yeah, honestly, it's crazy to me that. In the 70s, which doesn't seem that long ago, even though it is a pretty long time ago, it's like 50 years ago, kids were, 12-year-olds were hitchhiking. Like, that would never happen today. Yeah, we don't even let our kids outside anymore. They don't want to go outside (laughs) because Fortnite, but... Also, just like, I wouldn't hitchhike. Not Like, you couldn't pay me. (laughs) You could not pay me to hitchhike. I mean... I'd hitchhike if I needed to, but I... I just don't, I would just call Uber. You know what I mean? Like at that point, there's really no need for it anymore. I guess not. But what if you don't have your phone? True. That's the type of situation you'd be I don't know. You just hear about so many cases where it's like, oh, someone was hitchhiking and then they got murdered because it's just not. Yeah. But for how much people hitchhiked back then? You think the percentage was probably probably pretty low for people actually killing people? It's just, but still. But still, I wouldn't. Don't we don't support do hitchhiking yeah. on this podcast. <laughs> but, but if you do it, you do it. Be very, 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 very yeah. safe and probably just don't do it. Just just call the police and ask if they'll take you somewhere. I don't know. It's just not really not safe. Especially parents out there, do not let your twelve year olds hitchhike. That's just like I feel like that's common sense. Maybe. <laughs> but anyway. So the next year, um, remember we've skipped forward. It was December twenty eighth. A whole year. So a whole this year. Seventy three. Yes, but now we're gonna skip back in time actually, because although these were the first murders, like I said, it wasn't actually the first bodies that were found. It mm. was just considered the first of the murders. So uh, Kim Allen, who was nineteen years old, she was a arts an art student at Santa Rosa. Um, jc so she was in community college and she on march 4th of 1972 she hitchhiked from her job to san rafael and uh she got rides with these two guys who took her over here and then she was hitchhiking to back to her school around um kind of the entrance to the 101 which is a pretty big freeway in california like pretty much everyone at least in southern california has been on the 101 at some point or another and she was carrying a large barrel with her that had like these Chinese um, symbols on it. And the next day, actually, these two 17-year-old high school students were hiking by this creek. And they actually found the body of Kim Allen lying in the creek bed. And they saw that she had been bound, like sh- she had been tied up um, at her ankles and wrists. And she'd been strangled with a rope. And it's likely that she was also raped before she was killed because they found semen on her body. And uh, they also found that the person who had taken her to this creek bank had probably fallen when he was trying to put her body down. But they also assumed at this time that it was a male who was committing these murders because of that. And they actually did bring in the two guys that gave her the initial ride before she got to the 101. But they gave them a polygraph and they tested out of it. So they weren't considered suspects anymore after that. Which I'm like, by this point, no one really knew that the polygraph was not an accurate test of the truth at all. It's more so to show you're confident in what you're saying. Like you're willing to take a polygraph. Yeah. Yeah. So they gave these guys a polygraph and they came out positive that they had not committed the murders. They were ruled out as suspects. But this was the first body they actually found. And it, it was the first one that they would find so soon. So they were able to actually collect an MO of whoever was killing these people based on the body of Kim Allen. So they had the semen, right? Yeah. Did they? Collect it? Yeah. Yeah, they collected it. the DNA. 
No, this is the 70s. They didn't really test DNA back then. Do we have it in a bag today? Uh, Actually, they're pretty hope. That's kind of more toward the end of the story. But oh. they're hopeful that it's going to be a case where it's like the Golden State Killer. Where No, this uh, is a cold case. They're hoping it's no, going to be. Yeah, I like the Golden State Killer where they're going to be able to use like DNA testing now and like Ancestry and all those sites where people upload their DNA to match it to someone and then try to find the actual killer. So. They're hopeful that that could happen, but yes. So they still have this in a bag somewhere that they could use. They have, I'm not sure if they have this, but they have other DNA from the crime scene. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't like a, a situation where the person who was killing these women cleaned up everything after they killed them. It was kind of just like a, it's the seventies and police work isn't as good as it is now. So what can we do? You know, pretty sad, but actually four years later, so we just, went back we're in 1972 but now we're going to fast forward four years later uh it's 1976 and investigators kind of think they've found a suspect for these murders because there's a guy named frederick minnelli okay Ooh, he, he dies like he did it <laughs> he dies in a car accident on uh inner like highway i think it's highway or interstate i don't know is there a difference yeah, there's a difference, but... On the 12th <laughs> in August of 1976. Um, and at the time of Kim Allen's murder, uh, this guy, Frederick Minnelli, was actually a professor at Santa Rosa JC. So they mm. go into his car and they are able to like search his stuff. And they found that he had driven... He had driven that he had drawn several like really disturbing drawings that had kim allen as like the featured person in these drawings that's kind of creepy and regardless the, the drawings featured her in sexual positions and in really disturbing situations might just be a perv but it, really creepy <laughs> uh really she was perv. one of his former students and that keep in mind it was four years ago that she'd passed away and he still had all these drawings and we see using all these drawings and creating these drawings so he also had a lock of hair in his wallet and letters where he talked about the fact that he was interested in uh, sexual slavery. Wow. So they what did thought he mean by interested, like like interested he wanted to purchasing? participate. Mm. Yeah. And so they immediately like they're thinking, OK, this could be our guy because we have this woman here who's been murdered and then we find this professor who was having weird sexual drawings of her and was clearly like not the best guy who was also a professor at the time that she went to the school so they're like okay we got our guy but he had already passed away and they weren't able to find any like dna evidence linking him to the scene of the crimes so he might have just been a creep he might have just been a creep do they still have his dna on file uh, most likely, but I don't know for sure. Oh. So that like is one area of the case where it kind of branched out associating with Kim Allen and then led to a complete dead end and they just kind of stopped investigating that lead. Well, he was dead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, really there was really nothing to prosecute. Yeah. So. But did more happen after he died? Uh, no, nothing else happened after he died. But like I said, it only went from 1972 to 1973. And he died in 76. So he would have stopped three years earlier. That's still weird. Yeah. Still weird behavior. But um, going back those four years in that same time frame. So we have, we have Kim Allen who died March 4th, 1972. And then on... November 11th, 1972, Lori Cursa, who was only 13 years old and also went to middle school, uh, disappeared when she was shopping at this little shopping mall, most likely hitchhiking away from it. Uh, she had she was a runaway and she had hitchhiked before. Uh, she Her remains were found on December 14th in this frozen um, little creek off of uh, Calistoga Road, which is kind of inside of of the valley in Santa Rosa. Uh, and the killer had actually thrown her body at least like 30 feet down the embankment. So she had been tossed into this ravine, basically, 
like garbage. Just this person clearly did not care about any of his victims actually after death. Um, the cause of her death is actually because she had a broken neck uh, and she probably, they don't think that she was sexually assaulted before her death, but that she probably had been dead for about a week or two weeks by the time they actually found her. And they actually, someone, a witness actually came forward and said that they saw Lori Cursa being pushed into the back of a van, which was driven by a white guy with an Afro type hairstyle. And that the vehicle was on the road where she was found when they saw her get abducted. But again, this person didn't come forward until after her death. So who knows if they're telling the truth. Did, did the professor guy have an afro? No. Oh. Well. And they actually said She's that they, lying, saw, they saw two men push her into this, the back of this van. The next murderer was actually Carolyn Davis, who was only 14 years old. Uh, she had run away from her home on February 6th of 1973. So fast forward, we're in 1973 now. Um, but she actually didn't disappear until July 15th when she had been hitchhiking again near the 101 uh, in Garberville. And her body was discovered uh, 16 days later on July 31st, only a couple feet away from where the first two girls, um, Maureen Sterling and Yvonne Weber, had been found seven months earlier. Actually, three feet away from where their bodies were found. And strangely, her cause of death was that she'd been injected with poison like 10 to 15 days before she was discovered. And they couldn't tell if she had been sexually assaulted, but her body had been tossed again on the side of the road. And they found that she had a symbol that said that meant like it was basically like a witchcraft symbol on her body. They weren't sure if it was put there by the person who had killed her or by herself. (laughs) But this was weird because it showed like a total difference in MO, but similar in that she was picked up by a hitchhiker and then 10 days later she was found on the side of the road. And it was also weird that she was picked up by someone at the entrance to the 101 which is where other victims had been picked up as well. But she was injected with poison instead of So the only real similarity between all of the victims are they were hitchhiking. And most of the bodies were, except for for Carolyn Davis, the rest of them were strangled with rope and tossed on the side of the road. So this is the only one, this is the last one that was poisoned? No. Oh, no. They just randomly poisoned? Yeah. That's weird. Right? Weirder uh, than the weird that, that it already is. So then Therese, uh, not Therese, Teresa Smith-Walsh, who was 23 years old. Another weird thing about this case is that the youngest victims were 12 years old and the oldest were about 23, which is weird because usually serial killers a similarity. will stay within yeah, a similar victim type. But this did, was pretty much completely Did they all different. have the same hair color? No. Did they all have the same eye color? Nope. Nothing like that. They were just all hitchhiking. And uh, she was last seen December 22nd, 1973, and her body was found in Mark West Creek. Uh, She, like some of the other victims, had been tied at her hands and feet, and she was sexually assaulted and strangled with a rope. And they believe that either because of the heavy rains, the body had drifted about like two or three miles from its original spot, or that the killer carried her body several miles down the creek and then dumped it. But um, she also had a two-year-old son wow. when she was killed. So, obviously, it's, like, incredibly tragic. And then the last victim who's considered part of the Santa Rosa hitchhiking murders, like, group of seven is on July 2nd, 1979. They found skeletal remains in a ravine off calistoga road which is where they found the other body two of the other bodies i believe uh and they found it right near where laura curse lori cursa had been seven years earlier um and remember they only found her body in 1979 but they believe that she would have been killed within the 1972 to 1973 timeline and the fbi also believes that rosa vasquez yvonne quillatang angela thomas nancy gidley uh nancy fusi Laura O'Dell and Brenda Merchant were also killed all by the same killer, even though they're not typically seen in the seven, seven. They believe that they are also killed by the same person. And an interesting fact 
is that in the other victims, uh, they believe that there was another sighting of a 20 to 30 year old white guy with Afro hair. And besides those other six women who they believe were also part of the hitchhiker murders, but just are not considered in the original seven, there's also a woman named Jeanette Kamahela. I hope I pronounced that right. But she was 20 when she was went missing. Uh, she also went to Santa Rosa JC and she was went missing April 25th, 1972. She was often a person who would hitchhike in the mornings or hitchhike to get to school. And to this day, she's still considered missing. But a lot of people believe that she is probably one of the, the eighth victim of the Santa Rosa hitchhiker um, murderer because of the fact that she was hitchhiking and went missing in 1972 from the same place where uh, other victims had gone to school and been picked up near. So she's also likely a victim and may even be connected to... They thought that she was the Jane Doe who was found actually at first, but she turned out after doing like DNA testing, they found out that it was not the same person. How well known was it that this was all happening? Uh, it was fairly well known in, in Santa Rosa, obviously. Yeah. But San Francisco is are still freaking out about the Zodiac Killer. So there was just not like it wasn't so out of the norm for that area, I guess, because the Zodiac Killer had already been terrorizing them. I mean, 1968 was like when Zodiac was most active and that was only four years later, you know, that this was happening. So I think on that kind of line, we should get into one of the crazier parts of this case, which is the suspects actually for these crimes. So like we were talking about earlier, I wrote my notes, the seventies were a very murdery time in history. Murdery. Uh, there were, there was more than one active serial killer in California during this time. And so the main suspects actually include the Zodiac killer, Ted Bundy, Arthur Lee Allen, and Frederick Manali. They considered the hillside stranglers who operated in L.A. for a second, but it, there wasn't actually any evidence. It was just like a wild theory. So what's the evidence for Ted Bundy? Okay, that's what I'm going to start with. Oh, no. Uh, we're going to go through each of the suspects and kind of talk about the different the arguments for and against. For yeah. Okay, go. So starting with Ted Bundy, uh, this theory is very popular because the M.O. of these crimes is very similar to Bundy's. Um, he would also sexually assault his victims often leaving them without their clothes, and he would often strangle his victims with rope. Did Be Bundy ever poison anyone? No. See, that's weird to me. But he had, he would often attempt to kill his victims with a rope, and he had also attempted to kill and killed women who he'd, he'd picked up while they were hitchhiking before. Like, he had tried to do that also. Uh, however, 72 and 73 were kind of when... Bundy was in this it's a strange time because 72 he claims to have not murdered anyone 73 is when he says he committed his first murder which is actually someone he picked up while he was hitchhiking while hitchhiking while she was hitchhiking um he got his bachelor's of science in psychology and started working for different jobs including the hvh mental health center uh in 1972 and there's actually this, the FBI compiled like this giant list. It's pretty fascinating, actually, of all of the times that Bundy was known to be somewhere, like whenever he got gas, whenever, like the, mm. all of that. It's this gigantic list. And according to these receipts, the only time he went to California over the two years that the murders were occurring was to San Francisco for two days where he stayed in a hotel with a friend. And he didn't drive because he never got gas in California at all over those two years. And other Unless than that, he did it with a friend. Could be possible, Ooh. but probably highly unlikely because Bundy never worked in pairs. Or did he? And other than that, his gas receipts showed that he stayed in Seattle, Olympia and Tacoma throughout those two years. Like those were the only places there that they knew his car had been. And they had no record whatsoever of him ever visiting Santa Rosa, even though the way that these people were killed was very, very similar to the way that Bundy killed his victims. Um, but there's really like he was ruled as as a suspect because there's no way that he could have been in Santa Rosa, according to his gas receipts at the time of the hitchhiker murders. However, there is one murder connected to this case that actually so not all the other six victims I talked about. Not all of them were actually in Santa Rosa. 
one of them was in San Francisco and that case there's still suspicion over whether Bundy actually could have committed that one murder which is connected with it um so the next suspect I want to talk about is the Zodiac killer and Arthur Lee Allen these two go together how do you feel about the Bundy suspect thing first of all I was wanting to ask you that and then I like got excited I think it's interesting I think yeah sure it's his MO so maybe but then He's staying with a friend. He'd have to explain to that friend why he's out. Why he needed his car. Why he needed his car. And he would have had to be there multiple times over two years. Yeah, exactly. And that's just, I think that's hard to pull off even for Ted Bundy. But I, I wouldn't rule it out just because his car wasn't placed. But they can place him over when the murders were occurring. Did they they check his friends? No, but they can place him like with alibi witnesses, like at oh, work. so different you places know, during like, the crime. Exactly, like during all those crimes, he had he pretty much had alibis. I think it's interesting. He probably committed that one you were talking about that out of San Francisco. In San Francisco, I'd believe it. Yeah, he's not the not the best person. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but let's just actually, say I don't think highly of Ted Bundy. Yeah, I'm so it wouldn't with shock you me. One. But he's actually said that he didn't commit his first murder until 1973. So it would kind of be odd for these to just But again. Should we believe him? Yeah, very true. Very true. So the next suspect, like I said, is the Zodiac Killer or Arthur Lee Allen. Okay, I've been asked before, Emma, why don't you cover the Zodiac Killer? And Emma, my response is the why same. Why don't you cover the Zodiac Killer? My response is the same every time. Uh-huh. It's because the Zodiac Killer is so... There is so much information. There is so much stuff about the Zodiac Killer. Like, I, I have watched maybe three documentaries about it. I've looked on the... Uh, there's an entire Zodiac Killer subreddit, which is all about <laughs> asking questions about the Zodiac Killer and, like, talking about the zodiac killer and trying to figure out who he is wow i've i've looked at it and you know what it's just i don't know how i could possibly become an expert about this in any way because my thing about it is just that i know that no matter what i do no matter how much i research i'm always i'm going to get someone being like well you didn't do this right or you missed this entire part of his life because it's just so much like, there's so much about you that You can't case. cover it in one podcast yeah. or even, like, two. Yeah, it's just so... It's the same way I feel about O.J. Simpson, where it's, like, I want to cover it, but it just would be so much, like, so many episodes devoted to it because it's such a huge entity. You know what I mean? Like, people make documentaries Someone's about Someone's going to be upset that you didn't cover that one thing that happened during the trial. Yeah, and people talk yeah. about... People have made, like, 13-hour documentaries on OJ. And, like, how could I be expected to cover all that material in an hour or two hours? It would take, like, a month's worth of episodes just to cover that one case and do it thoroughly in the way that I would want to do it. So I'm always hesitant to approach that. Not only that, but because I know, like, I'm... I have to, I'm putting out a new episode. I'm doing new research every single week where it's like the amount of time that it would take to, to get even the basic like medium level grasp of all the facts of the Zodiac case would take me a very long time, like a really, really long time. And it's just like the, I don't have a problem doing the research. I love doing the research and like the preparation for it. My big problem with those two cases in particular and doing them on the podcast is that it would probably take like four or five episodes to cover those cases in the way that I would want to do it to feel like I'm doing the victims and like all the details of the case justice. You know what I mean? Maybe for the Patreon. Maybe for the Patreon. We'll see. But I'll let you guys know if anything, if if. I decide to do one of those. Those are the two ones for me that I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know how I can do that. But I get what, you, what you're saying because that's just a lot of material to try to go over. Yeah, and I think that it's like I did Ted Bundy, which is another case where it's like there's so much material, but I took more of the... I guess it's different when you don't know who the killer is. It's harder because we have like... You can I, look at the killer and why they did it and their testimony. Yeah. Things like that, yeah. And it makes it easier to learn, figure out how to tell the story, but it's harder when you don't have a have a 
person who's responsible. Kind of like this one. Yeah, it's harder yeah. to tell the story when you don't have a person who you can say, oh, and here's the asshole who killed everyone. Yeah, this guy is the weirdo that is drawing pictures of young females. Yeah, so it's just, it's tough. Okay, so after that whole rant, let's talk about the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> so the Zodiac Killer has seven known victims, but in his letters, he claimed to have about 37 victims, that 30 of which were just unknown to the public. I'm not an expert on this, but I've been browsing the subreddit, and I know some things now about this case, because actually on the Zodiac, it's so funny, like, on the on the subreddit, everyone calls him Z and stuff, and it's just like this whole world that I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys are like so invested in this case. People are real internet sleuthing down there. But uh, they actually have talked about the Santa Rosa hitchhiker murders like twice on the subreddit. And some people think that it could be likely that the Zodiac Killer actually did murder these people because of the fact that in one of the letters that he sent to the, I believe, to the San Francisco Chronicle, he talked about the fact that he was going to be silent about his murders from now on like he would often communicate with the police in the newspapers and he said now that the rest of the victims that he murdered he was going to do it quietly so people and that was in like around 1968-1970 and so people think that like okay well the timeline matches up with when he kind of went silent and when these murders started to happen, you know, 1972. And it would be a good idea to do it away from where you normally do Exactly, it. but not too far away from San Francisco. The reason that I kind of think that... Oh, let me include this. Uh, the Santa Rosa police actually suspected the Zodiac Killer because one of the symbols on that barrel that Kim Allen was carrying around had a symbol that was similar to one that the Zodiac would use in his letters. Um, I think this was probably a coincidence uh or some sort of because remember the barrel also had a bunch of chinese characters on it i think it was most likely a coincidence that this symbol was found um but it is kind of an interesting little tidbit but to me it kind of seems like Kitty. the police are maybe cut that out <laughs> to me it kind of seems like the police were just grasping at straws with that one um the reason i don't think it was the zodiac killer is because the zodiac didn't include a sexual aspect to his crimes typically um he would target couples but a lot of people think the reason he targeted couples was because he may have been sexually inadequate himself or because he was upset for some reason at people in a relationship like he just didn't like to see it jerks so then the fact that he would not have a sexual component to his crimes in san francisco and then start sexually assaulting women before he killed them in santa rosa doesn't make sense to me and also the zodiac would often stab his victims so it seems weird the, to me that the mo's really do not yeah, match the, up the zodiac never strangled did he uh i think he might have once but again once not an expert i'm not sure seven. yeah but again i'm like okay so yes it's possible for serial killers to change their mo's like it happens but to me the fact like, it's it's one thing when you're talking about stabbing versus strangling, and another thing when you talk about the theory that someone might be sexually inadequate and that they are killing a lot of couples, and then all of a sudden they're assaulting their victims. Like, that's a... Usually when someone is killing people and getting a sexual, like, release from it, maybe, they would do it the whole time and not just start. Maybe that theory is wrong. That he was sexually inadequate. But even if he wasn't sexually inadequate, why would he not ever have a sexual component to his crimes in San Francisco and then all of a sudden start assaulting his victims in Santa Rosa? It doesn't make any sense in terms of that's not something that serial killers do. You know what I mean? Like they may vary from victim to victim, but on the whole, like these murders in I think six of the seven the victims were sexually assaulted before they were killed. And it's like, why it doesn't make that MO change doesn't make sense to me. Well, the, there's an MO change within the hitchhike, Santa Rosa hitchhike. Anyway, with the poison? With the poison. But I'm like, I don't know if that... Okay, my crazy theory is that even the, though that crime was similar, that may have been a totally separate incident from the rest of them, the rest of the murders. Like a separate person? Like a separate... Per, yeah separate killing 
Because there, even that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, but so, but if it's the same person, yeah, then it wouldn't be far fetched to say the zodiac changed his mo. Twice. Well, that's what that's why people. It's believable. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's totally believable. That's why it's like one of the biggest theories out there. Not to mention the fact that. Um, so we were talking about Arthur Lee Allen. Uh, he was considered actually one of the um, most well-known suspects in the Zodiac case, and he lived in a trailer in Santa Rosa at the time of the killings. And he had been fired. He was fired from an elementary school, I believe, for molesting a kid. Uh, and. Another weird thing is that he was said to be breeding chipmunks at the time of the murders, and chipmunk chipmunk hair was found on some of the suspects. So he could just be the Zodiac killer, too. Yeah, people really don't think he's the Zodiac no. killer. They really do not think that he, he ended up being the Zodiac killer. Not to mention that uh, there was, like, there was no evidence to place him at any of the scene of the crimes, so he was not charged with anything. Again, this was just a suspect. But honestly, I think it's easy in this type of thing to get caught up and be like, oh, the chipmunk hair. Oh, he was already a bad guy because he was a pedophile. Blah, 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 blah. He was suspected in the Zodiac case. But to me, it's like when you look at his case altogether, all you have is some chipmunk hair and another crime that he committed, which could have been totally separate. How many serial killers walk around with chipmunk hair? No, but he wasn't the Zodiac. Still. We're talking for him being the Santa Rosa hitchhike killer, right? Yeah, but I don't think he was. Like, I really don't think he was. If you want my... Okay, so we've kind of come to the end of my notes because I kind of just wanted to have a discussion about who we think did it. And you want my personal opinion? I don't even think they had in custody or I don't think they had the right suspect for any of the four people who were suspects. I don't think that... Uh, I don't think that Arthur Lee Allen is the Zodiac. I don't think the Zodiac killer did this. I don't think Ted Bundy did it. I think the most likely out of their four suspects was Frederick Minnelli, the guy who had professor. the weird drawings. The, yeah, the professor guy. It was him. I could tell by the name. the killing stopped after his death, which to me is the most interesting, which I don't see like... Wait, wait, wait. Didn't it, didn't it stop and then... For a while, he lived, and then he died, like in 76? Yes, but you remember how there were the other six suspects? Oh, if you were to put those six in there, then it would have stopped after he died. Exactly. Okay. So to me, he's the most likely, but even him doesn't seem fully Because why would he only have something on one of the victims? Exactly. It's a little odd, but... So I don't... I don't even think they had the right person as a suspect at all. Was she the only one that he had a class with? Yes. That might have been it. It might have been more personal. Maybe, but I just... No, no, She didn't have him. She was an art student, and he was a creative writing professor. I don't know. Arts and creative writing? <laughs> well, he might... He obviously saw her. He obviously knew who she was, but I don't know... If You're arts, aren't you? Together. I'm broadcast, so no. It's kind of arts? No. It's an arts area. It's film. <laughs> Is film art? Uh, yes. Gotcha. Okay, so okay. checkmate. <laughs> so you've taken creative writing, right? I have, but that was a choice. I could choose oh, to take that. It was a general have ed. To. Okay. So I'm saying that I don't even think they had the right guy, like at all. I the only thing I'm certain of that I feel genuinely certain of is that I do not think Ted Bundy did it. Yeah, and um, I'm not saying that because I I'm don't think he's a bad guy. I think he sucks. I, I think, think he might have done the one in San Francisco. Oh, also, guys, fun fact: Harley and I's anniversary is on the same day that Ted Bundy was killed. Romantic, I know. <laughs> so, I don't. I really all, don't. I think, planned it. Really? Yeah. You did? No. <laughs> I really don't think Ted Bundy did it. I really don't think the Zodiac did it because I just don't. I think the Zodiac's the most likely. Of, you think so? Of those two, of Ted Bundy and Zodiac. Yeah, of the two like big people who were suspected for yeah. it. Yeah, I would say I Zodiac so is much more likely. But I still, I really, Arthur Lee Allen is a possibility because of the chipmunk hair and the, Weirdo. but again, they were in like the woods, you know, like it's not that far-fetched to think that there might have been animals nearby, especially the bodies that were left for up to a week. There's no animals in the woods. Okay, thank you for that. <laughs> but I'm just saying like, I don't, I really... Arthur Lee Allen, clearly terrible guy, molested a child. Goodbye, sir. You suck. Was it a female? A uh, male. 
Another yeah, reason. I don't think then. I think I, he would have gone for a female because all of his victims have been female. So I just don't. I don't think Arthur Lee Allen is the Zodiac. I don't think he committed the Santa Rosa Hitchhiker murders. I think he was a really shady guy who was not a good person. I don't think he committed these murders. I don't think the Zodiac committed these murders. I don't think Ted Bundy committed these murders. Frederick Minnelli, maybe, maybe, because he was clearly a weirdo. But again... Weren't all these people weirdos? They're all weirdos. (laughs) And I'm not certain. There was no hard proof on any of them like nothing and then you got the i even looked up pictures of arthur lee allen and frederick minnelli to see if any of them were white dudes with an afro they were both white but neither of them had an afro and i just don't think that they ever had the right person in custody so there, there were two that said it the person had an afro right two yeah witnesses? that's what i that's what i read i made w- only one of those said there was two people right yes yeah okay so i'm thinking like was that common knowledge that that was a testimony? I I think to the police, yeah. But to, uh, like, was that in the newspaper? Like, person saw... Yeah. It was in some person articles. Person saw man... afro white guy. Throw child in trunk. I don't think like it was super widely publicized. Okay, so probably not influenced by expectation. Then. No. I just think that... I don't know. I really don't think they ever got the right person. But you know what? Here's the thing. I am hopeful that they will get the right person because if you have not uploaded your DNA to Ancestry or anything, please do it. Please do it because you never know. You might be the person with a crazy relative and they might be able to match because that's what they do. They take all this, all people who upload their DNA. It's like what they did with the Golden State Killer. They take the old DNA samples and they can use this new database of people who've uploaded their DNA. And now we can find like yeah. who connect you with who actually did a crime. Put, put Uncle Jeff in jail. Yes. put Get your DNA uploaded because they have the DNA from this person. They have DNA from the crime scenes. It could have been you. It <laughs> It could be your relative. I'm kidding. It's probably not anyone's <laughs> relative, hopefully. But all I'm saying is that it's just, you never know, even though you're probably thinking, oh, well, it couldn't be me. It might be you, not you who you committed the You might crimes. be the center of Not you who get into the crimes, but it might be your DNA, which ends up helping to solve a crime. So it's honestly worth it to just spit in the tube and get your DNA uploaded because they have the DNA from these crime scenes and Every little bit of information that they have to test against it helps. You know, every every new bit of DNA that they have is helpful. So I think that eventually it is going to be a case like the Golden State Killer where we're able to match the DNA. Maybe it takes five more years. Maybe it takes 10 more years. But I hope that this person, let's say this person is probably 20, in, 20 to 30 years old in 1972. So they're pretty old now. <laughs> But I still or dead, old or dead. But dead I still have hope that like all the victims' families will be able to get justice if this person is found, or like if they're able to at least find out who did this. It might bring their families not closure because I don't think you can ever really get closure in this sort of a thing. But you could at least have a sense of justice. I think that this person is found and hopefully is still alive to be put on trial and put in jail. Probably not though. Probably not. It is a sad thing. Because it was the professor. It, you think it was the professor? Yeah, I'm never taking a creative writing class now. <laughs> You've convinced me. <laughs> okay. Well, after talking about all that sad stuff, I think it's time to transition to my favorite segment. Happy things. So, would you like to go first, or would you like me to go No, first? you go first. I have to think of something happy Okay, my, my happy thing is that Harley and I's anniversary oh, is on yeah, Friday. Oh, yeah, that's... Whoa, um, so great. Yeah, you're just... You're right in the doghouse then. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Harley and I's anniversary was on Friday, and we went out to a super nice dinner, and it was absolutely delicious, and that was my happy thing, because it was just lovely. Boom. Consistent. Quick. Now so, it's your turn. So mine can't be the same happy thing. Right? No, it cannot. And Dang. I stole that one out from under you. But I gave you the option. Dang. You could talk about a different aspect of the anniversary. You talked about the entire thing. No, I just said the dinner. 
No. Oh, I also watched Dark Knight for the first time, oh. and it was great. That's great my movie. other happy thing. And 1917. 1917. Go see that movie. Okay, guys. now you're it's just so taking good. absolutely everything. Yeah, I am. Stop. <laughs> okay. I would probably say my happy. That was the wrong. <laughs> that was the wrong sound. <laughs> Go ahead. My happy thing would be the day after our anniversary. Why? Because it was the first day of the next year. Oh, that's so that's sweet. Right. Okay. Learn from the best boys. <laughs> that's very sweet. No, okay. Uh, yeah, I would say. Wait, we didn't see day, each other at all that day. Yeah, uh, that was just kind of a coincidence of uh, what I decided. So, oh, another happy uh, thing, guys. I went to Bart's Books, which is the biggest outdoor bookstore in the United States in Ojai, California. It was oh, lovely. No high. Okay, you say your happy thing. I just did. Was that actually your happy yeah, thing? Yeah, that was pretty happy. I was happy about that. I was like, thank goodness this third year can finally get started. One more day <laughs> I feel like I've been death. saying that we've been dating for two years for almost like... Two years. Two so, years. I don't know. Other happy things. I get to petition to graduate. You only have one more semester one left? One more semester. Until you have to go to I transfer, another yeah. college. It should be fun. Um, Hopefully no creative exciting. writing on the horizon. No, I'm not taking creative writing. If, if I have to take that to graduate, I'm quitting school <laughs> and I'm hitchhiking for, around the country. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to advise against that. But other than that, I think I think that's the end of our episode. I'm hungry. Thank you, guys. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving that in. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the Horrible Things podcast. I know it was a little bit of a heavy one, but you guys stuck it out. And I appreciate you so much. If you want to find the podcast on a day when it's not Tuesday, you can go ahead and follow us online at Horrible Things Podcast or find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash horrible things. If you want to support the podcast, you can go ahead and leave a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. But most importantly, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for telling your friends, telling your family. You guys are the reason that this podcast has grown and the reason that it is still so fun to do Spread every single news. week. Uh, thank you guys so much for everything. And I just want to let you guys know, don't hitchhike. And please don't take a creative writing class. And most importantly, don't, don't do, do horrible, horrible things. things.